0: hello and good morning everybody. welcome back to the Big Prepper podcast. It's your host Stephen Pritchard back with you again. As I drive down this interstate uh, I90 excuse me I 94 headed to Iowa again for another couple weeks uh, just kind of reflecting back on all the different news I've seen this week. Uh, to start with, <clears throat> I think uh, worldwide we're above a hundred thousand cases of this coronavirus. Uh, I mean just kind of stop right there. I kind of want to do this episode kind of like a two part, but in the same episode, uh, I'm getting kind of tired of reporting on this coronavirus. I've done four episodes. This will be the fourth one, and two or three of them have mentioned this coronavirus, and I'm just getting getting kind of tired of talking about it. It's it's the same old, same old, and I do apologize for the last few. I didn't have bullet points because I've been driving down the road. I did make some bullet points for this one, so I shouldn't ramble too much, but um, I do apologize for the last two. They weren't the best quality that I could give, and I'm going to try to do better from here on out. So, here we are, episode four. Um, the coronavirus is not really gotten a whole lot more serious, in my opinion. Um, the thing of it is, this is actually a virus that you can have without showing any symptoms. And I, I think the big thing about it is, is that people are just scared there's people that are scared of getting the coronavirus and then you have people that are scared of basically not having any supplies. Now in my opinion, the latter is not really a fear it's an actuality because if you watch the news or you go to your local store you can see that there are things that are selling out you know every single day. I actually went to Walmart uh, about three days ago, and then again two days ago, so the next day after I went the first time, I went one day, and I went in and I started buying up different things, and they they ended up having bleach, and so I bought a little bit of bleach. We don't really use hand sanitizer, so I'm not really worried about that, but they didn't have any Lysol wipes. So I I bought all, you know, everything that I could buy, I bought, get a little extra because I'm not going to be home for probably two weeks to a month. So I want my family to be prepared. So I got to sitting there day before yesterday and I said, well, I think I might need to go buy a razor. I need need a razor. I'm going to have to shave my face because evidently we're going to have somebody that has coronavirus and we're going to need to put masks on when we deal with them. So, and that, that, that's me in the hospital, not me in an average, everyday life. So in the hospital, you would have to wear an N95 mask. And the thing about N95s is if they don't seal to your face, they're basically useless. And I have a full beard. So if you put an N95 on me, there's probably a half inch of space between the mask and my face that would let in anything that you have so it wouldn't do me any good to wear a mask um they do have full headgear that you can wear but i just i would rather just shave i don't want to go around looking like a cdc worker but anyway i was in walmart the second day and it got a lot worse than the first day um the first day i was there they were out of a few things uh, it wasn't too bad you still had your choice of a lot of different things um uh, the second day, they were almost completely sold out of medicine. Uh, I went down the aisle cause I, I thought about it and I said, well, we have adult medicine, but we don't have any children's medicine. So I said, I'd like to get my daughter at least some cold medicine or something to keep at home. And I think it'd be good anyway. It's not like we're going to throw it out after all this is over with, um, uh, you know, kind of like these people with these 40 cases of toilet paper. What are you going to do with it after this goes away? Are you going to keep it or are you going to try to return it or are you going to give it to somebody else that needs it? Are you going to donate it? None of the stuff I've bought, I feel like I'm going to donate. Everything that I have, I feel like is a good supply. It's a good amount. But anyway, so I went to the Walmart and I noticed the medicine is sold out. The only thing that they have left is uh some kind of children's cough syrup or cold medicine whatever you want to call it uh so i did buy one of those and then they had some vicks Vapo rub for kids which we've never used but i said you know she could get congested or something like that and we may need that so i looked and there wasn't an expiration date i'm sure it expires but went ahead and bought that and i said these these will be good to have anyway and i'm sure that we could use the kids vapor rub too as well it's not it's not like it's only for kids so um everything else was pretty much bought out Uh, we went down the soap aisle the soap was about gone Uh, they did have some more expensive bars there shampoo and stuff was still there Uh, but i did notice that you know there's still no toilet paper which what I've been told is people are actually lining up. And I think I've said it in another one. They're lining up. Uh, and as soon as they come off the truck, they're buying all of it because Walmart is not implementing a limit on the number of items you can buy. So people are just buying up pallets of different things for no reason. I uh, actually saw a story from, I think, I think it was in Europe. I, I want to say it was England, but I'm not hundred percent sure. Uh these two guys bought up 17,500 or 17,700 bottles of hand sanitizer. And we're going to try to make a profit off of it. And I don't, I didn't read the full story of why they couldn't make a profit, but somehow it didn't work out. And they ended up donating it because I think they were going to get in trouble for this, uh, which I, I think is a good, it's a good thing. Now I know this happens, you know, day after day, Different people see things and they buy it. And of course, I used to be in that type of business. You know, I'd go and buy discounted items or if I found something that I knew was going to be in limited supply, I'd buy it up. And then I'd wait a little bit and I'd sell it. And that's how I made a little bit of money. Now, I think in a crisis situation to where this is like things that people like really need, I don't think hand sanitizer fits the, the need how many people really have hand sanitizer before this, but they can kind of classify it as, you know, you're, you're causing chaos by buying too much of it. So I can see why they're getting in trouble. But anyway, back to my story. Uh, so I went down the canned food aisle. There was a few, a few different aisles that had canned foods. Um, there was no pasta at all. Uh, and I actually I went back twice, on um, the same day because I forgot something, and uh, I went to go back later that day, and I wanted to take pictures as well to show my friend uh, down in Louisiana. So I, I went back, and there's hardly any canned goods. Uh, it's mostly stuff that you w- you wouldn't really want to eat, but in a crisis, I mean, it, food is food. You got to eat what you can. Uh, Then my friend is saying that in Louisiana, it's not so bad, or in his part of Louisiana. I bet New Orleans is crazy. I haven't seen pictures of the New Orleans stores, but I bet they're crazy. Everywhere in North Dakota is sold out of almost everything that you could need. So if you don't have it, you're not going to get it. And the thing is, I've been telling people this for the past month that it's not going to be the coronavirus that gets us It's going to be these people. And I've said, it's these other people, just like the guys I mentioned earlier, they're going to try to use leverage to make a profit. They're going to take that sanitizer and they're going to up it probably 10 times as much as what it costs. And they're going to try to make a fortune off of this. And there's people that are going to do that. It's to. It could be monetary or it could be, you know, Hey, I've got toilet paper. Why don't you trade me? I, mean, I know you guys have probably seen the Facebook thing, to where somebody has a, a a coronavirus survival kit that's like a small thing of bleach, toilet paper, Lysol wipes, Lysol spray, different things like that, and like a bundle pack. They would normally cost maybe ten dollars, maybe fifteen at the most. And they're saying, I'd like to trade for a 2020 F250 or something like that, and says, don't lowball me, I know what I've got, kind of as a joke. But that's that's what people are really doing. I don't think it's to that extent yet, but that's what people are, are doing. They're, they're getting this stuff, and they're using it as leverage. But I also saw recently, uh, the, the big thing has been the elderly, with them not being able to get the supplies that they need, because so many people have bought it up. And I I kind of feel two different ways about it. I I do realize that there are some elderly people that, you know, they they follow everything, but they're on a limited amount of money. They only get paid a certain time, and they may only be able to shop once a month. So if this is that part of the month that they're coming to shop in, there's probably nothing really for them that's left. And it really is sad that there's so many people that bought up everything, and now that there's there's not anything there's nothing for these people to have and they're kind of essential items that are being bought up so I do encourage you guys check on your elderly neighbors make sure that they have something I mean I'm not telling you to go out and buy them hundreds of dollars of stuff but you know if they need a bar of soap a bar of soap might last two weeks you know I don't know how, how long it lasts for you guys but it, it lasts me at least two weeks That's probably washing my hands, washing my body. You know, it'll last. So, I mean, even if all you can do is give them a bar of soap or give them some food or whatever, I mean, it would at least help out. You know, check on your neighbors. We're not an all-out apocalypse, anarchy, any of that stuff. You know, we're, we're still human beings. We're still civilized. Everything is still running. There's no reports of water and electricity being turned off. You know, they haven't closed down stores or anything like that. Just, you know, trying to take care of one another. Now, the, the other thing on the other side, there are some people that have just waited. Uh, and they may be in the elderly class. I know that there's people I see on Facebook all the time that are saying they haven't gotten anything. They haven't ordered anything. And if you can if you can do without, that's fine. But I don't want to hear it when you're trying to find toilet paper and there's an only the only toilet paper they have is five dollars roll. I don't want to hear it because, I, for one, me personally, I've been saying for the past two, three weeks at least, I've been telling everyone I come in contact with, it's not going to hurt you to stock up on a little bit more, buy at least a week's worth more of something. I don't think it'll hurt you that much. You don't even have to double your groceries; just buy. A little bit more beans a little bit more rice a little bit more of this this you know just do a little bit at a time you know if you've got a credit card use your credit card for a little bit you know don't max it out but just buy a little bit of something keep it just in case all this stuff goes bad because from what i've saw living through hurricanes every year of my life we always had a hurricane and it it got to the point that you know there's other people that hear about hurricanes and they freak out. But because we live through hurricanes, like we don't take them seriously most of the time. Like, cause we've always got little extra things. Everyone I know has a backup generator. Everyone I know has tons and tons of canned goods. You know, we have these things to where if we have to eat, then we'll be able to, we understand don't open the refrigerator because it'll get hot. Like we understand these things. But people like my wife, they don't understand that. We come from two different worlds. And when you start experiencing this type of stuff, you know, you start realizing, hey, you need to you need to prepare. And I think that there are there are a few I'm not gonna say that there everyone that's elderly does this, but I do think that some of the elderly and some of the, the younger generation, they have just refused to buy. And they're saying, oh, this is going to be over by the weekend. Then another week passes, and they said, oh, well, maybe it'll last two weeks. Well, the thing is, is if you're not paying attention, the stock market is going down. And I don't know if you guys remember 2008 when the stock market went down like this, but people started losing everything they had. People started losing houses. Uh, There was a bunch of foreclosures, and it's just terrible. Uh, Now, the line of work that I'm in, I don't really see a, I don't really see a problem with me finding work. I don't know about my wife's job. Um, she does work for the government, but I know that the government can lay off people. I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily know about her job, but I do know that you know we're going to be fine because the way that we've set up all of our bills is. We could, basi- we could basically we could basically say we could basically live off of just my salary and our first goal is to pay off all of our bills to the point that we could live off just her salary because she does make less than I do and that would be a good buffer just in case one of us loses a job that it won't cripple us so so I've I've read about all of this and it. I feel like it's it's only going to get worse. You've seen in the media that there are people everywhere that are closing up businesses for right now. They're having people work from home. My wife just got a message or she just messaged me today saying starting tomorrow they're going to start working from home, which is fine. It's, it's all good. Uh, the problem is I started getting messages from different delivery services. Uh, DoorDash, Postmates, uh, Uber Eats, uh, Food Dudes, those type of places. I started getting messages yesterday saying that as of right now, they're still in operation. So it could come to the point that, especially if restaurants close, uh, because certain governors, I, I can't remember exactly what state it was, but I saw that, Uh, there was one that was like groups of a hundred or more um, was illegal now for a little bit. And then I did see another one that said groups of five or more, which is way more serious, but I just felt like it's going to come. I mean, it's, you're telling all these people to stay inside. People aren't going to be out and about and there's going to be restaurants that aren't making as much money. So it's, and now you've got people worried about their jobs because the stock market is you know, going down again. People aren't going to be spending frivolously anymore. So the first thing that you're going to cut out is probably extra eating. You're going to eat at home. You might even skip meals. So I think all of this could be really, really bad. Excuse me, guys. So another thing uh, that I did see... Uh, I don't know if this is true or not, but I saw a thing that said, experts say gas could reach 83.9 cents per gallon by the weekend. Now, of course, I saw it last week, so gas was not 83.9 cents by this weekend because I just filled up and it was like 214. In Iowa it's like a dollar eighty something. But anyway, so everyone knows, especially in the south, what that means when the price of gas drops. The price of gas drops, oil field workers get laid off. Oil field workers get laid off, they take any job they can get. Which also means if the stock market goes down and you lose your job, you're now in competition with all of these oil field workers who will work any job possible. And there are some places that just need warm bodies. That's all they need. And also, there's places that are saying, no, we're going to work from home. And it's probably not a lot of job opportunities right now. It's probably not a lot of hiring going on. So it's going to get bad. Food, there's a food shortage. There's a toilet paper shortage. There's a cleaning product shortage. And now you're talking about a lot of people possibly losing their jobs. It's going to be bad. And like I've said, if you've stocked up, you know, be prepared. I've tried to drill into my wife. This stuff that we have is for us. It's not for anyone else. Don't call your friends. Don't tell them to come over and shop. Don't, don't give them different things and don't tell anybody that you have that sort of thing. I saw a video the other day that the guy addressed, he said, what do you do if people start saying or what, what he said was when people start saying, I'm coming to your house, if so-and-so happens, it means you've said too much. And I totally agree with that. Another guy I watched, he said that what do you do if you have family members that aren't preparing that have just said whenever something happens, I'm coming to see you? And the thing is, all you can really do is tell them, look, man, we don't have any room for you. You know, if you need to prepare, we're we're not going to be able to take care of you. And he went in, you know, with a a big scenario of what happens if this person is insistent. They're like, well, I'm coming and I'm bringing friends and I'm doing this and that. I don't want to get into all that because it gets messy. But the thing of it is you want to keep connections during any of this that's going on. Keep people that you can trust around you. You don't necessarily have to barter with them, but I think it'd be a good thing to barter with people you trust and you can establish some sort of system. You know, you're not going to get over on somebody because of something, but just, just be aware, you know, the people that you invite to be in this difficult time, you want them to bring something to the table. When my wife and I first got together, you know, she's, She's got a green card now, but she was from out of the country and she was unable to work. So I told her, I said, well, you know, I would love it for you to work, but I know it's illegal for you to work and it's going to be a burden on me to take care of you 100 percent. But I said, I can do it. I do have enough money. It's not a big deal. But all I ask in return is I will work and then. I'll work, pay bills, you know, take care of anything that needs to be done financially. All I want you to do is to keep my uniforms washed. And I don't mean like wash every day or nothing like that. Just I had enough uniforms that you could wash every two weeks. So just wash my clothes every two weeks, fold, hang up, whatever. What she she was going to do anyway. And I said, and just keep the house clean. That's all. That's all I ask. Just do those those two things, and I'm and I told her from the start. I don't mean that you need to keep this cow spotless every single day. You do not need to do that. But when it starts getting overly junky, maybe once a week. If it's not so bad, maybe once every two weeks. Just clean up. And we had that agreement going in, and she's kind of gotten a little bit anal about it. She's trying to clean up behind an 18 month old three or four times a day and I just can't do it because I'm just like, it's going to be back on the floor in five minutes. So I don't know why you're wasting your time. But anyway, that's the kind of things you need to discuss with these people that are coming into your life. If you have to take in people because they don't have anywhere to stay or you're, you're doing whatever. I mean, they need to serve a purpose to you. Now I understand you could be a good person and just let them you know, use up all your supplies and sit there for free and not do anything. But I think the major thing is everybody needs to be on the same page and everyone needs to understand that supplies are limited. Supplies are not always gonna be there and it's hard to go to the store and get things. Now, I've been seeing a lot about them wanting to do stimulus checks I think that's a bad idea. You start pumping money into the economy like that. All it's going to do is devalue our dollar. Things are going to cost more. And then that little bit of money that you think is a lot. They were saying one place was saying 300. Another place was saying up to 1,200. And then another source, I think, was saying like $300 per child plus $600 per adult and things. So it could could get you up to maybe you know, 2000, maybe 2,500. But the thing of it is, is with everything the way it is right now, that 2,500 is not going to last. I mean, you pay your rent, you go and buy what you need and the money's gone. So you, you've basically had a month of your life paid for, but then the next month, everything costs double. So you got to kind of stay away from that. I just, we, we don't have a control over whether they do that or not, but I just, I feel like, I feel like it's a bad idea. Uh um, And back to the thing about bringing in people, know your supply. Uh, You know, if you've only got enough food for your family for, say, a year, and then you bring in, you know, the the exact number of people you have in your family, like my family, we have three. Say we bring in three people. Well, now we have six months. And that six months, if the supply is used correctly and that should be a talking point I have have trouble with that with my wife because she doesn't understand we need to ration different things she still thinks everything is going to be okay, everything is good, but you have to start rationing different things because once it dries up you're going to be trading for stuff and it's really going to upset you to trade a case of chicken breast for a roll of toilet paper or six cans of green beans for a tube of toothpaste or something, you know, something like that, you're not going to want to go that route. I also saw, uh, I think it was on Facebook today that the show Big Brother, um, I didn't realize it was still going. That show must be on season 40 by now. But the show Big Brother actually has two sets of contestants that don't know about the coronavirus. They have been in the house so long. And, of course, you know Big Brother is... There's no internet. There's no television. There's nothing like that. So you can't keep up with anything. They are oblivious to what's going on. And I can't imagine what it feels like to be let go from the show, to come out of the show and realize the world is like this right now. Now, hopefully they have some type of thing with them that, you know, we bought We bought this ahead of time and we're going to send you home with a little bit of this. That way we know you're taken care of. I really doubt that's the case, but it'd be a good thing to do. I don't know how long all of this stuff is going to last. But I I feel like we need to stop talking about it. We need to move on. Let's, Let's not make this any bigger than what it is. We've got schools closing. We've got NBA games baseball games, the XFL, they they close their doors for right now. You know, they've everything is closing. WrestleMania is not happening. It's a big deal. Or they're making it into a big deal. And we I think if we stop talking about it, we make it not as serious anymore. Things will go back to normal. Flu season's almost over. We'll get rid of everything. Start fresh. we we'll start getting supplies back in. Everything will be great again. Okay. So let's get on to part two. What I said, we'll get into part two. And I wanted to talk about different things I've tried, different things I've bought, and different things I have questions about with this recent scare here. Uh, Now, when I buy my stuff, I'm not buying for the short term. I do have some short-term foods, uh, short-term just items in general, but what my plan is is to go ahead and prep for the future in case something humongous happens, something big happens. Or anything like this happens again. So anyway, I have chicken breasts in a can. Uh, I've you know, I've had it. I think I think it's good. I'm I'm not too brushed up on my expiration dates, but I think being in a can it does last a good bit longer than what you would think. And I, I think that being in a can, they put an expiration date on it. It's not always the truth. My mother felt like that from, from birth. Uh, we always had stuff that was expired. and Some of it, you could tell, was expired. and Some of it, you couldn't. But anyway, um, I actually found some ground beef in a can. I kind of want to try it, but it was pretty expensive. I want to say it was like $6 a can. And there was about a pound of ground beef in there. So... Regular ground beef is about 2 or $3 a pound, depending on what kind you get. So it's double or triple what it would normally cost you. Now, I do understand you may not be able to get ground beef readily if anything happens. But I'd like to try it. Maybe not right now, but I'd like to try it in the future just to kind of see, you know, how how does it taste. Uh... I bought, I bought these prego, uh, microwavable meals that I, I did buy them because there was hardly anything else on the shelves. So I bought about six or seven packs of those. Uh, I tried some last night. I got hungry. I didn't know what to cook. So I, I, didn't want to open up my cans. So I said, well, I'll open up these pouches. So I opened up the chicken and dumplings it was pretty good. I, I did enjoy it. It did have a out-of-a-can type taste to it, even though it was in a pouch. But it's very simple to make. Uh, you heat it up for one minute in the microwave. And if you're in a situation where you don't have a microwave, uh, you could put it in boiling water for a little bit just to warm it up. Uh, it, they are already cooked. I think you're just heating it up, basically. So you could actually eat it cold. If you had to, and I also had some type of pasta with sausage and marinara sauce, and it was—I want to say there were like two dollars a pack, or something like that—and um, I gotta mean, say so it tastes exactly like spaghettios out of a can. And I found some off-brand SpaghettiOs. I think they call them uh, Spaghetti Rings or something like that. Found them and they were 50 cents. So 50 cents versus $2. I think it was $2. It might have been $3. 2 or $3. Eh. I don't, I don't think that one was worth it. Now I do have another Another pack of something, I can't remember what it is, some kind of pasta. Uh, Might be like a fettuccine Alfredo or something. I'd like to try it. Now, these little packs, they're not very big. Uh, I want to say it's about the size of a can. Like a small can of, of like, uh, SpaghettiOs or something, that type of thing. But... So I, I I think some of them are worth it, some of them aren't. But in a pinch, if that's all you can find, they're they're pretty good to me. I wouldn't I wouldn't not eat it. I, I do. I've listened to a lot of people, and they've said basically, you want to make sure the things you stock up on you're going to eat. Some people say only stock what you eat now. I don't necessarily believe that. Um, because just because your taste buds change and if if you're like me and my wife, we eat the same things every week. so I wouldn't stock up on a thousand pounds of stuff to make spaghetti and a thousand pounds of chicken breast because that's all we eat. You know you gotta have different you gotta have variety in your diet and after eating you know eating this for so long you'll get burnt out. you're not going to want to eat and then that's when problems set in. Now, I also ran into a problem. Uh, I'll I'll talk about a few more things that I bought as well. But I did run into a problem. I live in the north, in North Dakota, as I've said before. And we stay in an apartment. So, most of the stuff we bought, we put in our garage. And the garage is not temperature-controlled, It's not insulated at all. So I went outside probably about a week after I bought my first first things, maybe two weeks. No, it was about a week. I came back and I checked the cans and the tops of the cans were getting a little rough. And I said, oh, I think rust is starting to form. So I started bringing those cans inside. Now, rust is not going to be a deal breaker to eating something. But what you have to realize is rust can make the can weak and it can start letting air inside. Rust can actually get inside the can. It can rust all the way through and get inside your food. So a little bit of rust isn't going to do anything, but a lot of rust can basically destroy your food. Uh so we need to find somewhere else. We need to be looking at buying a house somewhere else so we can store this stuff. This temperature controlled. I did find five-gallon buckets at Walmart. Uh, they were $3, and the lids were five, uh, $2. So $5 for the set. It's not bad. I've seen where you can... I think the the cheaper... I don't remember if it was cheaper. It was pretty close to the same price. You could get from Home Depot, and you can buy buckets from there. But you have to buy a good bit of them to get a good price. Uh, but you know, buckets and lids, and I want to say it was a little less than five dollars, maybe a little more. I can't remember per bucket, bucket and lid. But anyway, so the the thing about the buckets, though, is everyone keeps saying buy food grade buckets, buy this and this. The bucket is only used to protect your mylar bags. That's the only thing it's used for. If you just set out a bunch of mylar bags on the floor and you started moving them around or whatever, you might accidentally poke a hole in it. If you've got a bucket and you poke a hole in the bucket, you can check and see if your mylar bag is okay. And your mylar bag may be all right. You know, if you scratch the side of your bucket, the mylar bag is fine. Now, the thing about it is, you've got a, if you've got a rat problem, which can happen when you start getting all this food, rats can crawl in your buckets, eat a hole through your buckets, destroy everything you have. And I've seen people say that bay leaves are a good alternative to use to kind of keep these things away from you. I haven't tried it. I don't know if it's true. But really in North Dakota I've never really seen rats. It's always too cold for rats. So uh you see what else. So my wife bought tuna. Tuna lasts forever. Uh she bought these big packs, she eats them all the time. We have some more packs inside. Oh, I got some uh peanut butter powder. People were actually buying the buckets of the uh, Augustine Farms survival kits. Like one and two day kits, I think it was. And they were just too expensive for me. I just, I don't feel that you should waste all your money buying that type of stuff. If you do have some friends that want to get into things like that, you know, buy a freeze dryer between the three of you. It could be, you know, six or seven hundred bucks a piece. You might could find a used one for half price and do the same thing, you know, and make your own. Because it's ridiculous that you're paying 50 and $60 a can for these little things when you go and buy $20 worth of meat and you can fill up a can. So it might be three times as much because you're getting it, you know, freeze-dried. But it doesn't contain hardly anything. So if you can get your own freeze-dryer and you're, you're really serious about it, that's the way to go. As so I said, it, the little kit that they have at Walmart, the little kit they have at Walmart is nice. It's okay to have, but $70, though? It's kind of expensive. And I don't try to have my family eat for, you know, five or six dollars a person per meal. That's it's crazy. We try to keep costs down already. I'm not trying to, you know, you know, S SHTF happens. I'm not trying to all of a sudden splurge. Um uh, but I got the peanut butter powder. It's like 15 bucks for the number 10 can. I think that's going to work out pretty nice. I did see that you need oil and butter too. To make actually peanut butter. But if you're baking, you can just use the powder. So, that will be a good little thing to have. Uh, I bought a lot of... Instant mashed potatoes, a lot of scallop potatoes as they call it. We uh, got rice, you got beans. Um, I've got a lot of canned goods. Uh, I've actually brought some canned goods with me to Iowa because I don't know how everything is going to be in Iowa, and I don't really want to take a chance that they don't have anything. Like I said, I'm going to be here for two weeks at least. And usually I eat out of the vending machines just because whoever has these vending machines, they're not the brightest person because the food that they're selling in these vending machines don't fit in the vending machines. And they're trying out, all these different things that can go in there like super long burritos and then um, huge hamburgers things like that and what ends up happening is you put your money in say $2 for a burrito you put your money in it tries to cycle out the burrito and it gets stuck well normally in a vending machine if it gets stuck you see people rocking the machine and all those other stuff Well, not these. These actually have a thing in it that has a sensor that if the item doesn't drop, it realizes it's stuck or it might be sold out or something like that. So what it does is it continues to spin the wheel and it'll cause whatever is next to come forward. And usually what happens is the first one gets stuck. The second one comes through and it pushes the first one out. But because the second one is then spun around and brought to the front, it'll either barely get stuck or it'll drop two. So you get two for the price of one most of the time. So I can go to the vending machine and I can get two hamburgers for $2. And I told my wife, why does it make sense for me to go to the store to buy $40 or $50 worth of groceries for the week Come home, cook everything, prep everything, you know, all in one day, prep it all, and then take it to work, you know, at the end of the week, all these dirty dishes are in the sink, and then I have to hand wash all of these dishes that I've used before I come back home, when I can just spend $2 a day on the food there. And then when I come home, I can eat frozen pizza, no clean up, no real expense. So I do it that way. Now, the problem with that is you're seeing all these people that are closing down all these different places. The hospitals are only allowing certain people in now. I wonder if they're going to continue to restock these vending machines. Because it doesn't take long for the vending machine to be empty. If I work Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, Friday, the vending machine is full. Sunday, the vending machine does not have anything I will eat in it. They have noodles, but I will not pay $3 for a bowl of noodles. Especially when they cost 50 cents. not doing it. So, I hope everybody is prepared for this. Uh, I hope everyone is prepped up. I love watching videos, seeing people's prepper storages, and learning different things from everyone. It's been real eye-opening when I started prepping, and then like a week later, everything went went down. So, it's been wild, but I've enjoyed it. I think my family is safe. I bought them a, a gas stove and a gas heater as well with little cans of gas. They're prop- propane, should I say. So if anything happens, they're at least able to survive. They're at least able to cook. They're at least able to stay warm. Because as I'm recording this, uh, it is 26 degrees Fahrenheit. When I left, it was 21 degrees Fahrenheit. Which is pretty cold. Especially for March. It should be getting warmer. But I think through the week, it's actually supposed to snow a few more times. So, it might be April before we get to see any of this 40 and 50 degree weather. Who knows? But guys, I think that's all I've got. I don't have much else to talk about today, just kind of telling everybody what's been going on and keeping everybody in the loop of what's going on in the news. I'd still advise everyone to stock up on anything that you can. Don't go crazy. Don't buy 50 cases of toilet paper. But if you need a case or two at your house, go ahead, because I think there's more factors in play now besides the coronavirus. And I think we need to be prepared. If there's anyone that is laid off or having trouble with your loan payments, call your loan company immediately, ask for forbearance. That is basically they'll take a little bit of time off your loan. so like say two or three months, and they'll move it to the end. So you can you won't be missing payments getting foreclosed on you'll actually just be living for free for a little bit until you can get your funds back up and then you can start back over. So that that's what you need to do. Now on your rent you can kind of do the same thing explain what's going on they don't really have to do it that way they can, they can have you sign a new lease, they can have you just say hey pay half this month and then pay your rent plus the other half next month or you know they there's a lot of different options they can do but there's no guarantee that they will do it banks there's not a 100% guarantee they will but the thing of it is they would rather you pay your bill off than for them to go into foreclosure because then they're going to lose money so Everybody stay safe. just wanted to mention that at the end. Uh, Take care of all your neighbors. Make sure everybody's okay. Make sure you're okay first. And uh, don't panic too much. It's going to be over soon. But just be prepared for whatever is coming. Thanks for listening to the Big Prepper Podcast. I'm Stephen Pritchard. And we'll be signing off.